You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to a Friday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm here with David Ramil. It's Friday, so it's time to guess the Heat's record for next week's games. But we haven't talked since Deion Waiters returned to the Heat Wednesday versus Cleveland. Waiters gave the Heat a boost off the bench in the win. He took nine shots in his 11 minutes that he played. But I think he brought an element of shot creating that the Heat have missed since he was sidelined with that ankle injury. What were your impressions of Deion's first game back, David? I thought he looked really good, to be honest with you. He seemed smooth. He seemed comfortable. Um, I thought there might be some... You know, on on court chemistry issues there, being that he's played, he hasn't played with a lot of these guys, not for any prolonged period of time. Uh, I I thought, to be honest with you, that his timing looked really really sharp. Um, he didn't seem hesitant. We expected that, I think, as far as his his you know ability to take shots, but uh, as far as being able to look for, for other guys and find him open, he made some really nice passes. I thought his defense was a little off. He wasn't quite sure how to fit in to that 2-3 zone that the Heat runs. And I thought there were some moments there where he was kind of out of place. But overall, I think he played a really, really solid game. And and to be honest with you, I was in watching one play in particular where he had he drove into the lane, made a cut around, curl around a screen, and drove into the paint and then tossed that lob up to Bam Adebayo. There was a lot in that timing there that looked really, really good. And, and kind of reminiscent of the way... Dwayne Wade is able to toss the lob up to like a Hassan Whiteside or even run that co- combination with Adebayo as well. There, there's a lot of Dion that reminds me of, of Dwayne Wade. You know, not as efficient on the shot, obviously. Um, you know, I think his floater is not as precise as Dwayne Wade's is. But as far as the overall timing and the mechanics and everything else, I really like the way that chemistry is starting to play out. And I expect that to be a nice relationship over the next couple of years of Dion's contract. Yeah, I mean, his feel for the game immediately was evident. I mean, his first play back, he came up he came up across the screen, got the ball, drove to the basket and kicked out to a wide-open Rodney Magruder, very reminiscent of that kind of 30-11 and 11 stretch. And it, it's no coincidence that Dion drove and kicked to Rodney, who, and Rodney Magruder, of course, played a, a, a big role in that 30-11 and 11 stretch. So, um, you know, this... It's this is part of the positives when you don't have a lot of turnover on a roster where Dion comes back from injury and he's not necessarily having to get used to a bunch of playing with guys he hasn't played before. He's played with a lot of these guys, you know, uh, despite missing more than a year. He's he's played with this group before. Um, the, the roster is almost exactly the same. Now there's some guys that are in different roles um, than they were the last time Dion played, which was December 22nd of 2017, which is insane to think about. But um, and the and so Spolster will have to figure out how to use Dion again. Um, he may or may not be the starter. That's not been decided. That's unclear, at least uh, as far as you know the public is concerned. But um, it, it certainly worked out against Cleveland that D, uh, that Dwayne Wade wasn't available. Right. So yes. Those minutes that normally would have gone to Wade went to Dion. I, I think there's a reason that that was so convenient. <laughs> And look, Wayne Ellington. You think they asked Dwayne to set up? I, I think that they. I think Dwayne is. You know, he he's not on the maintenance program. But if he doesn't have to play a game, then he's not going to. And I don't think they necessarily needed him to play this. I think they they understood that after playing Cleveland just a few nights before, 
like, yeah, we probably don't need Dwayne in this game. So why don't you go ahead and rest this one? We'll get Dion some minutes here, and we'll do it that way. Wayne Ellington, it's notable that he didn't play at all, despite Dwayne Wade not playing. They just automatically gave those minutes to Dion. Wayne Ellington is all but out of the rotation, it seems, at least for the time being. Um, I just I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about, look, Dion is going to play more than 11 minutes a game. When he is healthy, when he is back into game shape, how do you see his role playing out do you see him eventually getting the starting job do you see him uh whose minutes does he take away from um because there are going to be games where Dion and Dwayne Wade are both going to be available and active uh so you know Spolster probably doesn't want to go beyond 10 deep if we're assuming that Goran's going to be out for the next couple of months, right. uh, then then I think it's likely that Dion will start. I mean, we'll probably make that transition slowly. Like, he probably comes off the bench over the next couple of games, and then Spolster will decide, you know, he'll look at the numbers, I guess, and probably break it down much more closely than whatever those 11 minutes against Cleveland were able to show. I mean, it's against the Cavaliers. They were already pretty beat at that point, although Dion did give them a boost coming off the bench. Uh, his minutes at the end of the game, it's hard to really kind of uh, parse anything out of those because, again, they were down 20 at that point, and it's not like playing against you know top-tier competition or anything. But I I would imagine that he'll eventually start. And it's going to be tricky. In, in place for Rodney? That, that would be my guess. And and that's another problem, too, is because, you know, Rodney, you know, he's been phenomenal for this, throughout the whole season. Or, I mean, he's had his ups and downs. Obviously, he started off very, very hot and unexpectedly so. And then I think people started to game plan for him a little bit more tightly. Um, you know, that, that's tricky to tell Rodney Magruder, sorry, as much as you've worked in this system, as much as you've been able to contribute, you're just not going to be a, a long-term part of this roster. And so we have to be able to allocate those minutes to players who will be, uh, and Dion is at least under contract for the next couple of seasons. Right. And and ditto for Wayne Ellington. Like his, his minutes are going to, you know, I mean, he hasn't played in the last 10 games, it seems like, and he's probably not going to play anymore. Um, Tyler Johnson, who's been phenomenal, you're going to have to cut into his minutes too, despite the fact that he's been providing a really nice bit of productivity off the bench. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's not an easy position for Eric Spolstra. He'll tell you that it's a blessing to have all those different options. And you're right. I mean, as far as you've mentioned a number of times in the past, this team is always injured. So at some point, some player is going to be out of the rotation and you're going to need right. that kind of depth to come in there and, and participate and step up. But um, I mean, minutes are going to be cut down all right. And, and you know what? I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Looking at this roster and talking to these guys and, and knowing how they feel about team first mentality, like even Ellington, to his credit, hasn't said anything. I mean, if you think about the guy who was contributing at such a high level, he was starting. Um, he was, he was, you know, he's a free agent at the end of the season. He needs to be able to showcase what he has because this is his last best opportunity to parlay that into a real long term yeah. deal. Especially after a career season, and he hasn't even complained about it. In fact, he's been positive and optimistic. Yeah, and I think eventually, and I do think that the Heat not playing him is made. When Wayne Ellington was receiving a lot of minutes, and look, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to go as far as conspiracy, but just to sort of dip my toe in that water, I do think that there's something there as far as look, Wayne Ellington basically has veto power over any trade. If you try to guess where he would accept a trade, you know, when he was playing, probably L.A. or Philadelphia, maybe maybe Houston only because they are a contender. Um, mm-hmm. But that's about it. But now if he's not playing at all, well, suddenly he just wants minutes. Maybe other teams who uh, would be willing to take 
Wayne Ellington on a one-year deal and, and send a, a draft pick or some sort of asset back, suddenly there, there's more do- doors that could be opened. I mean, does does OKC so, become a, a contender or an, a viable candidate to trade for Wayne Ellington? Would Wayne Ellington just go to Oklahoma and waive that no-trade clause? It's not, necess- it's not a no-trade clause, but would he waive that veto power? Um, in order to just go get playing time anywhere. I think there's a little bit of that. I think there's an element of that going on. You think the Heat have purposely benched Wayne Ellington so that he'll become more I, desperate? No, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case, but when it's a situation where you don't want to play more than 10 guys, and I think that that's Spolstra's limit. I don't think he wants to play more than 10 guys. Why not? I just think he realizes that you need to... When you start stretching your rotations like that, it's hard to get guys in rhythm, and that's sort of what we saw at the beginning of the season. It's like there was just that chemistry that was supposed to be there, given that the group was basically the same as last year, wasn't there. Well, that's because you're mixing and matching all these lineup, these five-man lineups, and you just got to get the same five guys on the floor for enough minutes where they can actually build something. Um, and so I actually want to go back to a point – like. I do think that guys are going to get cut out of the rotation completely. I don't think it's just going to be giving fewer minutes and ending up just giving more minutes to Dion and Dragic when he eventually comes back and Dwayne Wade when he's available and active. I do think that there's going to be about a 10-guy limit. Um, when Dion and Dwayne Wade are playing, one of, I think, Rodney Magruder or Tyler Johnson is going to get cut out of the lineup. Um, and then... When Dragic gets back, the other one gets cut out of the lineup. I mean, there is a very real possibility by the playoffs, if the Heat do indeed make it, that their 10-man rotation, if they even go that deep in the playoffs, would be Justice Winslow, Goran Dragic, Josh Richardson. I'm not going in starters. I'm just naming players, not in any particular order. But Justice Winslow, Goran Dragic, Josh Richardson, Dwayne Wade, Deion Waiters, Derek Jones Jr., James Johnson, Kelly Olenek, Whiteside, and Bam. So that means no so Wayne Ellington, Jones, no Tyler. No, be part of that rotation. I do. I just think that he's forced his way onto the floor so much. And, and the way Spo talks about him and the way that Derek Jones Jr. activates the zone and is so vital yeah, in that I point of the attack and the rebounding. I mean, we talked about what Spo wants to do. He wants to be a great defensive team and he wants to be a great rebounding team. And Derek Jones Jr. helps in both of those things. And his length is something that's unique to this roster. Whereas all these guards that have been mentioned are just redundant of this roster. I mean, why would you play Tyler Johnson, Rodney Magruder, when you have Dion, Dwayne Wade, and Dragic available? You know, like it doesn't mean that they're not good players. It just means that they're not as good as those other guys. Why would you take minutes away from Dragic? Why would you take minutes away from Dwayne Wade just to get Rodney Magruder or Tyler Johnson on the floor? It just it doesn't make sense. And like you said, I mean, guys are going to be injured, so they're going to get games here and there, but something has to give. And ultimately, I do think Wayne Ellington is traded, and I think Roddy Magruder gets traded, and that'll help things a little bit, but, um, you know, that's something that they're going to have to, to face. And I, I don't think, I think we're just starting to see that um, starting to percolate a little bit right now. It's time for Guess the Record. Let's look at how we did this week before looking to next week. And I'll pull up how we did so far. I think I I won this last week, David. Um, Yeah, I did. So I predicted a – we both predicted that they would sweep Cleveland, go 2-0 over the week. Um, And then you predicted a win versus Minnesota. I predicted a loss versus Minnesota, even though if we go back and check the tape – I actually said I thought that they would win, but just for the sake of gamesmanship, I said that they would lose. They did lose, and so therefore they the Heat go two and one, I go two and one, uh, or I go three and zero, oh, and so I won the week, and now I have a one week edge over you for the season because we tied the week prior to that. 
talk about your conspiracy theories. I mean, come on. I mean, this is ridiculous. You're, you're, you're totally, you're totally altering the results to, to skew in your favor, but that's okay. Um, so look, we, we recapped the Minnesota game. We've talked about the Cleveland games. I don't know that there's necessarily more to go into there unless you had any lingering thoughts from that Cleveland game. Cause, um, that, that, uh, we recapped for Thursday morning's pod. No, yeah, I don't. I don't really think uh, there's much to go out of there. I mean, Cleveland. Cleveland's not a very good team. Uh, you know, they're they're trying very hard. They're getting some production from Jordan Clarkson off the bench. But you know, let's be honest. I, I don't know that anything you saw from the Heat is enough to kind of warrant any kind of deep exposition or anything like that. Uh, you know, I'm sure you covered most of it in the recap, yeah. and I mean, we talked about it before. There, there. Oh, you know, it was those were good wins. For a team that desperately needs them, so Dwayne Wade as didn't. As I'm concerned, Wade didn't end up doing the jersey swap in that second Cleveland game, right? There was no jersey swap. Well, he wasn't active. Oh, that's right. right. He I, wasn't I active. Didn't see yeah. So there, nothing happened there. Um, Derrick Rose wasn't He's, active against Minnesota. I can't remember if he swapped jerseys in Minnesota or at home. He, did he didn't. But so the only jersey swap for Wade was Chris Bosh. So no actual active NBA players got a jersey this week from Dwayne Wade. Uh, but that that Chris Bosh moment, I don't know if we necessarily have talked about that, but that was really cool. That uh, apparently they had uh, spent some time together the night before um, that Cleveland game last Friday, drank some wine, hung out, chatted, whatever. Dwayne Wade apparently, according to Chris Bosh, didn't say that he was going to give Bosh the jersey, but knew Bosh would be in attendance. So um, surprised Bosh at the end of that game with the jersey swap, and uh, I cried a little bit inside. Um, I cried a little bit outside, so it worked out pretty well. Uh, you know. Bosch doing on-court work with the Heat. I mean, that was pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's dropped by the facilities. He's been active. He's been at a couple games recently, not just that that Cleveland game. I mean, it's good to see. Look, I mean, we assume that that relationship is repaired completely at this point, yeah. and that's that's a positive step in every direction there. As far as where Miami was a couple of seasons ago, when look, you know, things looked so frayed between them and Dwayne Wade, and, and of course prior to that, LeBron James. It, it looked for a team like Miami. That prides itself so much on its reputation and its ability to connect with players and bring the most out of them, and to be there as a "quote unquote" family. Um, this was, uh, you know, that was a very encouraging sign considering where they were a couple of years ago. Yeah, and there's been some rumors now. I, not rumors, um, speculation from fans. Okay. Uh, if Chris Bosh would eventually join the coaching staff or do whatever, uh, maybe no. take some sort of position within the organization. I don't. I don't think so either. I just think that his interests are so wide and varied and i don't know that necessarily he wants to get locked down into um you know that nba type of lifestyle and yeah. uh uh so i think he'll just you know be with the heat every once in a while in an unofficial capacity continue to play guitar and write tech and write code or do all the things that he wants to do you know i just like the sky's the limit for chris bosh i mean that's that's for sure but He's he's thirty three years old. Yeah. Has over a hundred million dollars of career <laughs> earnings. I mean, it, it, he can do anything he wants to, and he does. I mean, this is the kind of guy who's traveled to India and Africa and goes on the World Bosch to the Bosch World Tour with his family, and he loves spending time with his kids. Look, one of the the things that I keep talking to players about as they're getting older and, and is you know how much they miss their family and not being there for their kids. Well, although it was inadvertent, and I'm sure Chris miss, misses the camaraderie of playing. 
he's there for his kids now, and I don't think he's going to give that up, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, not just to be an assistant coach and give your, your 10% of input and, and as far as a game plan is concerned, to have to go on there and, and toss the ball around and feed younger players, right. et cetera. I mean, no, he's, he's, he's got the best. He's got the, it's beneath him, and he doesn't need the money, like you said, and he's got all it, – it's the best of both worlds. Like, if the door is open for him, which it clearly is – Walk in, have like a Tim Duncan type role. Just like, you know what? I feel like right. being around a team right. today. Walk up and just yeah. be like, bam, let me teach you how to do all the things that I did. And be like, great. And, th- and that's it. And then he just, and then he doesn't do it again for a couple weeks. You're right. He doesn't have to start rebounding for some schmuck rookie. Like he doesn't have to deal with that. Let's look ahead uh, to this week's or next week's games. Uh, it starts tonight versus Washington, this next slate of games. A shorthanded Washington team, I should say. Um, no John Wall, obviously. They recently announced they'll be without Markeith Morris for the next several weeks. Um, he's dealing with something that I've never heard of. But uh, Washington is struggling right now, and uh, they should probably start losing games. I don't know that, that that's necessarily the case for Washington. I, I, they probably still want to try to make a playoff push, even though that seems really unlikely that they'll be able to get there. But this should be a win for the Heat, right, David? It's it's tough to predict because you're right. Uh, it, it does seem like something that, that Miami should be able to pull out of victory easily there. But give the Wizards credit. Last year when Wall underwent an injury, they kind of really seemed to coalesce around Bradley Beal as their go-to player. Yeah, the, the, the everybody eats Wizards. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun stretch there, except for Marcin Gortat and John Wall, of course. But, um, you know, they, they were playing well. They were, uh, I think, a little bit more keyed in defensively. And uh, like you said, they were sharing the ball much more fluidly than they were with John Wall in the lineup. So, I mean, this might be a little bit more dangerous of a team. Although, I think without Morris there, that seriously impacts their depth. Uh, Jeff Green having big minutes for the Washington Wizards. I don't think anybody predicted that. And of course, the return of Trevor Ariza to Washington. I don't know. I'm kind of scared of this one, to be honest with you. Although, on paper, it seems like uh, an easy Miami win. Um, I, I, I kind of believe that Miami will find a way to pull out a victory, but I wouldn't be all that surprised if Washington wins one, too. Well, they're 1-1 one one on the season versus the Wizards. Um, so With Wall playing both games. Right. So you think... So what What, what am I marking you down for? A win or a loss? You seem like <laughs> on the fence win. right now. Okay, win. I, 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 right, okay. I am. Okay. I hate um, all right, that next game is Sunday at Atlanta. Uh, the Heat are one in they they yeah they split the series so far against Atlanta too. I think um, last time these two teams met, Miami lost one fifteen to one thirteen. I'm sorry, they're they've lost both games to Atlanta this season. They're yeah, on two. Yeah, that's I, um, I think they They'll get off to Schneid. They get yeah, off to Schneid against Atlanta. Right? Yeah, they've yeah. got to get this win. I mean, so look, the Heat are playing the best they have all season. Atlanta is just sort of being whatever the Hawks have been all year, which is just, you know, not very good, but able to beat the Heat. I think the Heat have <laughs> sort of rebounded. They're they're playing well. They're in a good groove. I think the Heat get the win. Now, here's a question. How does uh, – knowing that Atlanta likes playing at a relatively fast pace that has thrown Miami off their rhythm, how does that fare against the zone coverage that we've seen from the Miami lately? Like, will that be enough – to throw things off, or will that speed find you know weaknesses, chinks in the armor as far as Miami's defense is concerned that they can find a way to exploit? I think that's a, a real concern. You mentioned like the the pace threw off the Heat in the first two meetings. It's a part of the reason why they lost those first two. Trey Young has played well. He's been a good commander of that offense in those two games. Uh, I think that's a real 
thing that the Heat have to deal with, but it's not like they're cemented into the zone, right? Like, Spo just goes right. to it whenever he wants. So if you feel he'll use it in the first half, he'll experiment with it, and he'll see what it looks like. And if it doesn't work, then he'll get out of it. So, I, I you know, for Miami, they keep looking at these games uh, as an opportunity to prove that they are better, that they are getting better. You know, they, they did that against Toronto a few weeks ago, and I think they're continuing to find new motivational factors because you know they need them over the course of an 82 game season and when you look at the fact that they dropped the first two games in Atlanta that now they're finally much more congealed they're playing much more together uh, I think that Atlanta looks like a good opportunity for them to say and prove to themselves that they're playing at a higher level and beat weaker competition let's be honest the Hawks are not particularly right. good they're they're not playing for this season not a playoff contender by any stretch so they need to be able to beat up these teams like they did against Orlando uh, you know on the second night of a back-to-back recently yeah. so this is a good chance for them I have to pencil Miami in for a win here Tuesday versus Denver this is where it gets interesting um Ouch. first time they're playing the Nuggets this season Denver's really good. At the time of us recording this, they are number. They have the best record in the Western Conference above the Warriors. They're in a groove. Jokic is an MVP-type candidate, uh, playing at an MVP-type level, and they're starting to get healthy again. They're getting Millsap back, guys like that. So um, the one thing Miami has going for them in this game is that the Nuggets are playing on the second night of a back-to-back when they visit Miami. So that's that. I mean, that's a thing. I just think that the Nuggets are so good and play a style of basketball that could really break Miami's defense. I think with Jokic's passing out of the post, that could just basically decimate Miami's zone. Um, I think that there's a just it's gonna this is gonna be a tough game despite the Nuggets again being on that second game of a back to back, and I have this down as a loss for the Heat. I guess I'll, I'll flip the script and I'll, I'll, I'll incorporate some of that gamemanship that you talked about. I, I, I feel like I have to give Miami the, a slight edge here. You know, I, I don't really believe I'm, I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't have my heart into it because I, you know, that I, I'm a fan of Denver and I, I like the way that they're playing right now. Um, I, I think maybe that that second night, you know, a back-to-back set there will 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 kind of impact their overall endurance and maybe they'll be just a shade off and Miami can capitalize on that. I, I, it's tough to really sell this one, but I'm going to predict Miami to fall out of well, win here. I mean, you're, I think, you're playing from behind, so you got to try to catch up somehow. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's good. Um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's pick Miami. To All right, win. so, okay, good. So you've got them at 3-0. and I've got them at 2-1 uh, and one so far. Final game, Thursday versus Boston. This game's on TNT. Should be a lot of fun. Oof. Um, look, the Celtics are starting to figure things out. We're recording this the night, the day after the night where Gordon Hayward went off for like 30-plus points. He looks to be um, kind of finding his groove again off the bench for them. The team's playing really well. Kyrie Irving is playing really well in particular. I mean, he's you know at an all-NBA level right now at point guard. But um, this is going and this is the first time that the Heat and the Celtics play this season. This is going to be a really tough game for Miami. It's fun. Uh, you know, it's finally uh, a national televised game yeah. there on TNT. And an interesting comparison between these two groups with their their, their incredible depth and everything else. And uh, it, it should be a, a good one. But Miami plays so off at home sometimes, it's hard to really predict how they'll face against a team like Boston. And then Boston plays their defense. It's going to be... You know, again, in the parlance of our times, it'll be a slugfest because both of these teams really like that slower pace. They they play defense at such a high level. Um, Boston really throws you off as far as your perimeter shooting is concerned. So it's going to be very tricky for Miami to find points. 
I'm kind of tempted to give Miami a win here, though. I, I just feel like again they want to be able to prove something, and on a national, yeah, you know, on a national media platform, I think they'll want to be able to to prove that they are a legitimate playoff team, and this is a good opportunity to do. I, and I think a lot of people would sort of like discount that, but that's a real thing. Miami hasn't been on national television, right? This year, this will yeah. be the first time. So, uh, and, and, and I think they got an NBA TV. No, that uh, doesn't count. And um, <laughs> like how many people? I, I don't know. Boston has been on national television all the time. Like, they were on this week yes. already. They were yes. on ESPN. So, yeah, I think that matters for this Heat team that is trying to claim a spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs. They are oh, trying and, to and make Boston is right now just, like, right above them in the standings, right. too. I forgot to even mention yeah. that. So. Uh, and, look, the, the Heat do have one wild card working either for or against them, and that's going to be Dion Waiters. And given oh, that the I game is— you're going to mention Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> Given that the game is on TNT, I think Dion will get up for it. I don't know what that looks like. It means well, I do know that it means Dion's going to get up a bunch of shots. It's just whether or not those shots go in. Um, but that's kind of an interesting wild card here. I'm going to go with a loss for this because I just Ooh. think Boston is better, uh, and I I guess I'm le- I'm just being conservative with this. So I'm going to go with a loss for Miami. So I've got them at two and two for the week. Uh, what are you picking this game as? But. I think it's a, a win for Miami. Wow. So I'm going 4 and 0. Yeah, I'm going This is going to bite me in the butt, I'm sure, but it's 4 and 0. A 4 and 0 prediction All right, for Miami. Quickly, let's go through our jersey swap predictions um for that oh, that boy. slate of games. That first one against Washington. Uh Bradley Beal? No. No. no I can't see anybody there that there's a connection. I mean, John Wall's the only guy he has a connection with. They work out at the same gym, they're friendly and but he's not going to be playing, so Right. Yeah, I can't see anybody else there. Um, that might be it. No, I, I don't know. I, it's going to be a tough. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, maybe Jeff Green. They were teammates briefly. Uh, in Cleveland, so. Yikes. Uh, that'd be that'd be like the lowest of the the jersey swaps, right? Just like the Jeff Green swap. Eh, I don't know if Dwayne Wade feels a good option though. I mean, maybe a guy he kind of sees as as being yeah. able to take over the shooting guard position in the future. Yeah, like there's like, like that, that that shooting guard kind of brotherhood, I guess, if that's a thing. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, Atlanta. Wade already swapped jerseys with Vince Carter. I don't see him doing a Trey Young thing. I don't. I, I just don't think that Trey Young's earned it yet as a rookie. Maybe like I don't know. Like Kent Bazemore has been around the league for a while. Maybe they have some sort Jeremy of standing Lynn. relationship. Jeremy Lin. Maybe I just. I don't think they like each other. <laughs> From that last Charlotte series, I just don't think that they get along very well. Um, and I, they don't strike me as the kinds of people that hang around in the same circles. So I'm gonna say no jersey swap. But if I had to put a name on the board. Like I guess Kent Bazemore. Yeah, that seems like the, the a likely. Yeah, one. although even that one seems a little off. Too. Yeah, like, I, I don't think. think yeah, just like that. I just I don't think it'll happen. But if it had to happen, I guess like Bazemore is the only. Like Bazemore and Vince Carter have that podcast together, so maybe like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, through association, he gets it. Uh, Tuesday versus Denver. What do you think about Paul Millsap in this one? I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that because Paul, an all-star um, in the Eastern Conference when he was with Atlanta. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. think there's been a connection there with Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. He's a, He's been around him before. Uh, they've probably talked. And, of course, Millsap, a longtime veteran. I, I could see that. Um, I could see that being a, a logical step there. I'm trying to think anybody else. Well, if, if, Isaiah Thomas? Yeah, if Jamal Murray has a big game, I could see Wade just being like, here's some – Here's here's the jersey, young man. Because Wade has tried to do that this year. Where he tries to give it if if a younger guard has a big game. I think Wade kind of wants to, you know, 
put his influence on the league, right? And, you know, make an imprint on these young guards who sort of play his position, um, scoring guards in particular, and uh, and just say, look, I'm I'm the vet. You're a young guard. We play the same position. And I'm just going to bestow my jersey, my sweaty jersey upon you. Congratulations. I think there's a, an element of that. So if Jamal Murray goes off for 40 points, I could see him getting the jersey. Uh, but Millsap also makes a lot of sense because exactly that that was my thought process was they've, they've probably spent a lot of time together on those Eastern Conference All-Star teams and things like that. I think there's a mutual respect between those two. I can't see a connection with Jokic. There, no. Although... Yeah, I just don't see anything. I don't think Jokic would want the jersey either. Like, he'd be like, what the hell am I going to do with this? Like, this is a sweaty jersey, and I don't even know who you are. Why do I care? Um, Thursday. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dickley <laughs> know. knows who Dwayne Wade is. Um, and then Boston. Kyrie Irving? Like, that makes sense, right? It does. I, I, and it doesn't sound like there's, like, a lingering thing between LeBron and Kyrie, and that's the only reason I would say, like, Wade, like, Sort of just always having LeBron's back, not giving it to Kyrie. But LeBron has recently like said really nice things about Kyrie. I think they're yeah. basically kind of. I don't. I don't think there's tension there. This is not a KD versus Westbrook type situation. Um, and so I think there's a respect there, if anything. And I can see just Wade giving the jersey to Kyrie uh, again. That same the same relationship with Kyrie that uh, that he developed with Millsap as mm-hmm. far as being Eastern Conference All Stars at one point. Um, and I don't think Wade ever resented Kyrie for. Being uh, LeBron's teammate or anything like that, I wouldn't have seen that kind of negativity between a guy like Dwayne Wade and and Kyrie Irving. I'm wondering if Jason Tatum has any off-court connection with Dwayne Wade. Like maybe they work out at the same place during the summer or something like that. I could see that. And he could be like a a guy that's the future of the league. You know, obviously Dwayne's always tried to, or this year, as far as the jerseys are concerned, he's trying to reach out to guys that are going to take over the mantle and things of that sort. Maybe he sees Tatum as the the next line of future superstar. Maybe, like, that's a really good pick and might just come down to whoever scores the most points in that game. (laughs) <laughs> you think he's that temperamental uh, this no I think I, I honestly do think like Wade will have an idea of who he wants to give it to and if a guy just goes off like he'll reward him with the jersey like I do think that it's almost like a trophy in in, in some respects like is this the first time we've faced Boston yes, all year yes first time they've played Boston all year so they're playing twice more after this yeah Wow. Yeah. That's a lot to play. To play. I mean, it's going to come down to like five, six here. I mean, I imagine Boston will probably pull ahead pretty easily, but, I, you know, that's interesting. Well, these games face yeah. each other three times. They, these games matter, and, and both both Boston and Miami are starting to play their best basketball this season, right? They're building, so it makes it really interesting. You want to change your pick? It's not too late. I have it as a loss. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you, you think I want to change it to a win? No, I don't. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Locked on Heat on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating or review while you're there. Connect on Twitter at Locked on Heat or email us at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Get your mailbag questions in now so uh, we'll have that for when we post our mailbag on Monday. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes.